Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Broad Street Hockey Radio, that's right, BSH Radio, my name is Bill Matz, I'm your director of fun and games for the evening, whoo, close one last night fam, it was uh, one of those games that you look at and go, this could have huge implications on the season, Flyers could have lost it by winning, but they won it by losing, regulation loss, you love to see it, and now they've lost three of the three biggest games of the season. The back-to-back Buffalo last weekend, Chicago on Monday. They're going to get themselves a top-five pick, and this season will not be wasted. They're going to do it. But I guess there's other stuff to talk about, too, <coughs> with this hockey team and probably other things, because I don't know. I don't know how much we're going to talk about the hockey team again. Let's find out. Let's get things started with the fly-by herself, Kelly Hinkle. Last night was the night that I almost turned into the Joker. I don't know what it was about last night's game. Like, there have been a lot of boring, terrible hockey games that we've all forced ourselves to watch because we signed contracts. But I was tweeting the game last night, and so I had to pay, like, a little bit of attention. And it was just absolutely torturous. It felt like it would never end. I don't know if it was the 8 p.m. start, or or, it was just... Everything about last night's game made me want to die. And I, I can't believe it took 80 games to get there. The the 8 p.m. start and all the whistles definitely played Ugh. a part. Also, the fact that it looked like we were just going to see 100 goals and then it stopped. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> all right, cool. Looks like Felix Sandstrom is finally going to have his welcome to the NHL gets lit up game. That's fine. It's going to happen to everybody, especially a guy who's probably not that great. Uh, Chicago plays no defense to begin with. And Kevin Lankinen's fucking horrible. So it was like, all right, we're going to see like a 9-7 game. That's totally fine. At least that's fun. Yeah. And then the second and third period, nothing happened. Until that bald dude tried to crash into the net and then wanted to fight Farabee because he did something stupid. What was that jackass doing? Why would Uh, you go that hard at the end of a meaningless game that you're already winning? What did he think was going to happen? Like he should have broken his leg. Did he want? To, I think he started trying to fight Farabee because fighting himself would have looked ridiculous. Like if he just started <laughs> the punching him. Thing I've ever seen. If he just started punching himself in the face, that would be asinine. So he had to try to fight Joel Farabee. That's the only. That's the All only right. possible. I don't know. Sure. From theAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Hey everybody, how y'all doing? Anyway, yeah. um, I'm not saying that. Uh, Mike Yo is like in on like he's making decisions with the goal of losing games. I'm not saying that. However, if one was doing that, they would have done exactly what they did last night with regards to the guy who scored two goals and three points the night before, which is Noah Cates, you're playing well. You know what that means? You're going to get the least amount of minutes on the team the next night. That annoyed me. Low key. Like, I'll I, tell you. Know, so, so I think my guess, and the, the broadcast kind of hinted at this. I think like one of the commentators obviously, obviously was not in Chicago. I didn't have the ability to ask Mike Yo before or after the game about this. But the commentators seemed to imply that like they thought Cates was really drained after that game. So they were kind of cutting back on his minutes purposely. Which like, maybe, you know. It's been a pretty demanding schedule. He's just out of college. College players don't play as nearly as often as they do in the NHL. That said, if one was trying to lose a game, they absolutely would limit the minutes of the one player who has been playing well enough to make it so your team doesn't lose games. That's They just commented, saying. the broadcast did mention, like, they're going to short shift him. Like, he's going to get 30-second shifts. We're going to try to keep him fresh and all that. 
I'm oh. just saying. I'm oh. just saying that, like, that the he's tired excuse, which I'm guessing is going to be the reason that would be given, is a perfect way to like backdoor a stealth tank into a sure. Situation. No, it's it's very uh, it's very. Oh well, we said you know our third string quarterback was going to play the second half all along. You know, uh, it's it's very that. Um, I don't think you can discount, however, Mike Yo not that great at what he does. <laughs> Uh, uh, you don't say. You know, I, just a, just one of them things. Um, he might have no idea who his best players are and how much he's playing them. It's very possible. Um, I, I, it's probably a little bit of everything. Last but certainly not least, Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. I think we should just talk about the moon from now on. <laughs> I really got, liked it. I got more tweets about the moon being the back of the sun than any of my takes this year. I will still laugh to the point of crying when I hear you say that it's the back of the sun. I will so never. So what is that from, Bill? Because you funny. seem very proud of that reference. It's, it, it's it was a stupid like throwaway joke on Scrubs that the janitor made, and the janitor on Scrubs is, I think, my all-time favorite television character. Yeah, I could see you modeling your life. Fuck after Walter him. White, not because of his role, but because of his personality. Oh, you, Steph, you'll get a kick out of this. So, you, a jumping-off point from the moon conversation. So, I'm in the midst of doing a mailbag, uh, my final mailbag of the season. I mean, I'll keep doing mailbags during the summer, so it's not like they're going to stop. But um, final one of this season because uh, I do one every month. And one of the questions, I'm going to read it. Uh, because it was directly a response to Broad Street Hockey Radio last week. Oh, it's open we with answer it the, now. The, no, it's not even a question. It's more just oh. like a, and like someone just ripping me um, oh, for no. something very dumb. Um, <laughs> this isn't close to a Flyers question because, well, gestures broadly a season. My question is more a how could you betray us fellow stat nerds sort of question. In a recent podcast, you went along with the idea that Shakespeare didn't exist or Shakespeare didn't write his plays, conspiracy theory, without any pushback. I expected you, who shares my love of data and its correct usage, to point out there's a lot of evidence Shakespeare existed and that he wrote his plays. So much evidence that no actual Shakespeare scholars believe either of those things. This might not get answered because it's so crazy off topic, but I just wanted to make sure you knew that that position is basically the curse of the statue of William Penn of the literary world get him steph driver what's their name james <laughs> d james, james d. stephanie james d you come talk and we will do we will do a show because there is very little evidence that the man existed all also, i'm asking all i'm asking is for proof that he existed i don't i don't need proof that he wrote the works I don't need proof that he was educated. I don't need any of that shit. I want concrete proof that a man named William Shakespeare, exactly that pronunciation, lived in Stratford-upon-Avon in that time period. That's it. Also, the curse of the William Penn statue, if you want to look at data and facts, happened. Yeah. I, I mean, they put that little guy on top of the Comcast Tower. They fixed it. And the Phillies won the World Series. So I, I don't know what other proof you need of that. Um, All I can say is I give probably like, like, I give, I give so little craps about the William Shakespeare thing in reality. I just don't care. I think it's funny that Steph cares as much as she does, but like, I don't, it, it doesn't matter to me in any way, shape, or form whether William Shakespeare was real, whether it was someone else, whether he, it was him for a little bit and then someone else later. Like, I don't care. I don't give a shit. I, I think that I need to kind of correct the record here. This is not something that I deeply care about. It's something that I find oh. incredibly interesting and also hilarious. And I think that when I get into moods like that, people mistake it for caring deeply about things. I just really like to learn about stuff. Like yesterday, I went and did a whole, God, I know that I only shared some of it in the Slack chat, but it was hours of research about why orcas at slash killer whales are dolphins. Um, like a lot of research about it. And I just kept thinking about it all night like this is just i like i like puzzles this is fun for me 
I'll tell you what I care exist. about. We call him William Shakespeare. I'll tell okay. you what I care about in terms of William Shakespeare. Anyone to this day who gives a shit about him. Dude was writing in like the 1600s. Who cares? It's yeah. over. Move on. Like, Well, I care a little bit. Like, nah. I'm not going to say I don't care. I care a little bit. Shit's boring. It's over with. It's 500 years what, old. What just happened, Charlie? Live in the now. Yeah. No, I just, I was, I had to cough, but then I held it. Let's talk about David Chase. Oh, I Chase. thought that that was either an <laughs> exasperation or an excitement, and it was neither. All right, so I do want to talk a little bit about the hockey team, the Flyers, today. Do we have Boo. to? Well, I just, I found something very, very funny uh, regarding this hockey team. The idea that they're going to give out the year-end team awards, and they're going to have to name a most valuable player. Hmm. To me... That is going to be the best part of this season. That they're going to have to, like, in front of the 11 or 12 people who are there on Friday night against Ottawa, announce that someone is the team's most valuable player and act as if that has some sort of uh, prestige to it, to be the most valuable player. And, like, granted, yes, in 06-07, they gave out a Bobby Clark trophy. It went to Simone Gagne. He actually had a good year, though. Yeah, he had 40-some goals and led the team in points and was Simone fucking Gagne. Um, That player doesn't exist on this team. The team leader right now has 23 goals. They're Cam Mm. Atkinson, who I don't even know if he's on the team anymore, and uh, James Van Riemsdyk, who I'm praying isn't on the team in two days. So I I want to lead, and Kelly was in on post-game last night, I really want to lead a push to get JVR named MVP, just to add a little bit more to that resume. Even if it's a speck of dust of value, it's something. Oh, he led the team in goals. He played every game. He was our MVP. Of course you'd pay $7 million for him. Who wouldn't? Well, Bill, I I hate to break it to you, but we've already submitted our ballots, so. I mean, I don't know who's going to win, but I can tell you that James Van Riemsdyk was not one of my top three choices on my they ballot. Can, so. They can Sorry. work it. Charles. Who cares about the ballots? They can fucking name whoever they want. Yeah, just like because the gold, the goal song voting, obviously. Oh, yeah. What, wasn't wasn't that a conspiracy song. theory that, uh, that, that a- actually the Hall of Fame voting wasn't real because three people on Twitter said they voted for Lou Nolan, even though there were like 30 people doing the voting. So obviously that meant that the voting was fake. Oh, I missed that one. I was talking. Yeah, about that was that was song. one of the like thousand ridiculously insane Twitter <laughs> bullshits that I've dealt with this season. Oh yeah, I don't remember that one, but I do, in fact, remember the goal song and and the. I I can't find the right word. Someone insert it there for me. The the ruse of them thinking the ruse. that it was it absolutely ruse. was a ruse. It was a fan vote. It was not a fan vote. No one would have picked that. Get no one even here. knows what that song is. No one even knows what that song is. Their top three are the most were the most unpopular songs ever of all time. Like if, literally if, everyone on Twitter was like, um, no one voted for this. What? And and we're like not just on Twitter if. If we couldn't get, as a collective, one of our, like, our one pick into the top three, we know it's a sham. We know it's a sham. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. So fuck you, the Flyers. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I do also remember this week people being real mad that they're doing uh, team awards and Claude Giroux who is no longer a Flyers cannot win any of these awards that, well, that, was, that was Sam Garcini that Sam wrote an guy. article and that, that, that became that a whole thing which is Sam's article that was one Sam. of my questions was Giroux is currently still third on the team in points could he possibly be named MVP Before- so here's here's no here's my thing with the with the Giroux thing it is completely 100% justifiable on the part of the Flyers to be like no, you can't vote for someone for MVP who's no longer a team. That, that, is a, that is the right way for them to play it. It absolutely is. That said, this, like, like, this organization deserves embarrassment and the embarrassment of having to give the MVP to someone they traded away and like have a fake ceremony, like, that would have felt right because, honestly, they deserve to have egg on their face after this season. I completely agree. There, I, I'm drafting in my head a long article about why the Flyers should be embarrassed 
from the way that this season has gone um, with many, many bullet points, both on and off the ice. Um, Claude Giroux should win. Like, he should. I'm like, thinking... It's just, it, it would... It, it's... I, the, the Flyers were are objectively correct for not not letting us vote for him for MVP. Oh, however, yeah. however, however, they still should have let us vote for him for MVP because they should take their medicine. They deserve to be embarrassed. Yeah, it's, agreed. Sean Couturier has won three straight Clark trophies. I feel like this season's his best case for one. Why not? Like, see? <laughs> see what happens? We had Giroux for a lot of the year. We didn't have Coots. Just saying. Is, like, who realistically could possibly, like, who the fuck is the MVP? Hart. I, I think there's three, there's three realistic Hart options. Hart wasn't that good. I think there's, th- I think there's, there's three realistic options. I think it's Atkinson, Hart, or Sanheim. I think those are your three. Yeah. Because Ooh, I like Sanheim. You say Atkinson, Atkinson because, be I mean, yeah, he got hurt at the end of the year, and he was very clearly playing like a shell of himself the final month of the season, and then he eventually got hurt and got knocked out for the rest of the year. But, like, he was consistently quite good all year. He's going to end up near the top of the team in points. I, I actually think he he did a lot behind the scenes to, like, try to salvage this whole thing from a leadership standpoint just because he's a new voice, and I think he stepped up a lot more than he necessarily wanted to because of how th- how badly this whole thing fell apart. Agassiz, I think, is a fine choice. Hart, I mean, I know the end-of-season numbers didn't look great, but, like, you know, they honestly should be worse considering how bad this team was. Sure. Like, the, the, you control for the awful play in front of him, and he's probably, like, a mid nine tens say percentage goalie um so i think hart's completely justifiable as mvp because imagine how bad this team would be if he wasn't like a pretty good goalie all year and then sanheim because he's been the the team's best defenseman and his pairing has been the only pairing on a regular basis that hasn't gotten destroyed and he's been you know with ristolainen well i mean i didn't say that but i mean it's true i I that's implied sanheim He's going to get every vote for the Ashby Trophy, right? Like, that's got to be oh, unanimous. Got to. I think some people, there will be a couple people who will throw it to Proveroff because oh, he plays God. the most minutes and shit. But, like, no, the, the, Sanheim should win in a walk. Handel's going to get it just for. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Sanheim. If they wouldn't that's... have traded Braun, I think a bunch of old school people would have voted Braun, even mm-hmm. though I think that's insane. I think, I think that's I a complete. they traded Well, I just, I, I think that's like a completely incorrect way to view the de- the defenseman position but like there are a lot of people who incorrectly view the defenseman position hey and they're um, all employed so. by the philadelphia voice hey, justin braun <laughs> justin braun has more goals and points than first round pick morgan frost all right so let's yeah. let's let's stop it with the justin braun slander um, he's fine but he I hasn't been he hasn't been, been close to it. being better than travis Hanna. no sanheim has been like for a guy who Start of the season, if it was like, oh, you got to get rid of one of Proverov or Sanheim, I'd be like, oh, Sanheim, fucking see it. Travis now, Sanheim. Now I'm Travis like, Sanheim. he's the only defenseman on the team who can play. He might, like, and I, I've thought about this. Atkinson is close, but because of the, you know, the end of season and everything, like, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm willing to make the statement. Travis Sanheim, I think, is the only player on the Flyers this season that I, I can take a step back and say without without reservations, without any hedging, he had a good year. He's the only guy on the team I can say that about. Mm. The like, only one? The only one I can say with a straight face, mm. with no, like, wells and butts, I can say Travis Sanheim had a good year. I do not think I can say that about any other player on this team. Maybe Claude Giroux, but he's not on the team anymore. I want to be able to argue with you, but I, I, I can't think of anybody else who I would say I mean, that Cam about. Cam had a good year. Meh. It was okay. He had a regular. He was good at the start, and then it kind of dropped yeah. off. He had a very, yeah. he had a very streaky, nice middle six scoring year. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't say yeah. it was. It was exactly what I expected, and nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, I think if, that's fair. If I think he's about good, exactly what I expected. He lived Atkinson, up to expectations. A- Atkinson, if the team was good and he was healthy all year, yeah, he had a good year. But neither of those mm-hmm. things are true. So yeah, um, fair. yeah, Sanheim. Fuck. I really don't want to give him the MVP, and a lot of it is because of my JVR thing now, but he might be the only... So it's all because of your own narrative. Well, like, I mean, like, Sanheim, yes, but, like, I can't give it to a defenseman 
like, I don't know, on this team that has the worst defense. I can't give it to the goalie on the team that's going to have a fucking negative 100 goal differential. Like, I don't know. Who the fuck? Uh, look, I mean, I don't look, know if I, I can I'm, give it to anyone. It has to be we've, JVR. We've said it every on game. the show multiple <laughs> times that plus minus is bad stat. Yeah. However, when on this team you're plus 10, plus 10, that's actually no, good. When your partner, you're, the guy that's been <laughs> the guy you're stapled to, your side to is minus. Is like minus 7 or something? Or this was the last time. It's minus 9. Minus 9. Minus that's when he's going to finish because his season's done. No, but like he's plus 10 on no, this team. I, How do you do that? Overall, like especially individual game and whatever, like plus minus bad stat, I think – over a season-long sample size, when there's big disparities, like everyone on the team is minus 10 to minus 15, and Keith Yandel's minus 420. Like, 43, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's he's the worst. Like, I think when there's huge disparities, you can... Like, there are other stats that might show it better, but it, it'll show you someone's real bad or real good. I and largely agree with that. A player on this team being plus when... They get outscored by two every game is fucking insane. It's remarkable, really. I was kind of hoping Keith would get to minus 50, but I don't know if he's going to do it. I don't know. Don't put he it past him. They might, they might have another nine-goal loss in there. I was going to say, there's two games left. They could easily get scored on seven times. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I mean, there was, a game, there was a game last week where Travis Sanheim played like 28 minutes and Keith Yandel played about six. Like, and he was minus. No, it was no. You're right. It was it was the game. It was the game against Montreal because I tweeted about it. Yeah. It was the game against Montreal where he played. I think like seven twenty one. The Flyers won two the minutes game on by, the power play. The Flyers won the game six three, and he was minus two. Like he had seven minutes of a game where the Flyers won by three goals, and he was negative two. It's amazing. Beautiful. Just he's a pair. But but according to Dominic Moore last night, the Flyers were wrong to bench him. Uh, guess what Dominic Moore has watched? Just like, Zero Flyers mm. games before last night. Yeah, exactly. I don't have anything against Dominic Moore, but the the entire the all the the discourse around Keith Yandel that like the Flyers were wrong to bench him will never cease to be completely just, insane to me. And all it tells me is you didn't watch him play at all this that's, year. Your opinion on it is based solely on whether or not you watched the team this year. The yeah. end. And if you didn't, your opinion is meaningless and you talking about it is asinine, and I you think like, you're stupid. There's a lot like, of people who like the concept of Keith Yandel because yeah. they didn't have to watch the reality of Me. Keith Yandel. I'm, I'm very big on the concept of Keith Yandel, to be honest with you, but he is simply uh, not that person. <laughs> Man, remember that first week, though? That first week, we were like, pretty oh, good early him on what a steal! Oh, him what on the power steal. play was beautiful oh, that first week. I hope. I was so pumped about it. All is right. Derek Broussard alive? Yeah, he, uh, he, he got traded. traded. Who the fuck did we trade him to? I don't even remember. I don't remember. I Vancouver? Okay, good. All right, wonderful. As long Somebody. as we're on the same Trade him to Edmonton. Here. He went to Edmonton. Edmonton. That's good it. I knew him. it was a Canadian team. He has two goals in 12 games. God bless. Right. Playing with McDavid. Well done. Good for him. When we talk about the beginning of the season, all I can think about is Derek Broussard came out fucking swinging this Derek year. Broussard was pretty good for the Flyers. He just got he hurt and then missed like three months. Yeah. He had that stretch where he would play him, one like, game a month. and everyone else. And then he had that one game with the giveaways, and it was like, yeah, we got to get it. We got to get him out of here. He actually bounced yeah, back I, from that game. But he did. Yeah, I mean, he is what he is. He's, he's, a, he's a, you know, depth utility guy who's Again, not bad. They have a lot of pieces. Like, oh, if the team was good and he was on your fourth line, but like, oh, yeah, Derek Broussard, he's, he's, he's playing with Kevin Hayes. Second line second center, line. baby. Yeah, like this is. Second line center, yeah. This is not I good. am. <laughs> this season, these past 80 games. And everything that has taken place in between each individual game, I can't even say that word, individual game, has felt like a decade. Like, I don't know how all of these things have all happened within the past seven months. Right? Like, it, it's not just me. Because we all were just like, oh, right, Derek Broussard, where the hell did he go? Like, it's... There's just been too much, and it's all been bad. Oh, I mean, this is definitely going to be a year, just like how, you know, 20, uh, what, 2006, 2007 was, and even how uh, 2018, 2019 was. This is going to be a year where in, like, 10 years, 
we're going to be playing like the name random players on the 2021-22 Flyers team that got like four games. We like we're like, oh, remember Jerry Mayhew? Remember that guy? Don't even. Don't Kevin Connaughton? Like I'll never forget Jerry Mayhew. I will never forget me? Gerald. Hayden Hodson? <laughs> remember that dude? That guy I already forgot about. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, um, Max Wilman. That's, that's another one who we're gonna. Max oh, Wilman was a good one. Max no. Wilman was a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick Brown played to... like half the season, and he's Patrick won. Brown is going to be on the team next year. That that's the thing. Like we <laughs> joke about Patrick Brown. <laughs> Patrick Brown off. is signed is signed for yeah. another year yeah, he's, at he's, a very very cheap cap. He's pick, under contract, and this front yeah. office no. really likes him. He's oh, yeah. he, there's there is a non-zero chance he's the fourth line center next season. This front oh, office really likes him. I think it might be over fifty. This front office really likes him, which is all I need to know to make an evaluation of him, it being negative. Um, he came from Minnesota, right? No, he came from Vegas. Vegas, okay. yeah. They, Vegas but he, but he was in Carolina system for a while. He's the kind of, like, coaches love him for whatever reason. Like, he's apparently a real tryhard. He's a good dude. I just don't know if he's, like, actually an NHL caliber player, but the Flyers no, have not. decided he's an he's NHL not. caliber player. So. Yeah. Because he does what they, he, like, every fourth liner that coaches fall in love with for whatever reason. He does specifically what they ask, and it doesn't matter that he does it shittily. He's shittily. doing it. All we want, we, you're listening to me, and I'm the boss man. And so, since you're not fucking around, I love you, <laughs> which is just a great way to evaluate talent. You're never going to turn it over, because every time you get it, you turn it over the way I ask you to. Dump it yeah, in. Yeah, you will never you turn it try over if something are... creative. Yeah. We don't I mean, call look, I, I... turnovers. I think you could probably do risk. you could do worse than Patrick Brown as your fourth oh, sure. center, Nate but like, <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. You certainly could do a lot worse. You're not wrong. Um, but I just, I mean, he's not like I don't think anybody would consider Patrick Brown to be like a high end fourth line center at the NHL level. Nate almost had one last night. He was close. He, he was, was close. trying. Yeah, I don't was, don't even get me started on that. Out there. Please. <laughs> he was out there. All right, so oh yeah, the, he's another one I forgot about. The Ashby. Uh, Sandheim's gonna walk away with. Got to the Clark, the MVP. It's either Atkinson or Sandheim, probably, maybe Carter Hart if they want to pump up his tires a little bit. Um, the Gene Hart Memorial Award, uh, given What's to the Flyer, given to the Flyer who demonstrates the most heart during oh, the God. season. Um, Christ, I feel like this, I feel like this is a good way to honor Kevin Hayes and everything he's been through. Ah, yes. Uh, the tragedy with yeah, his I brother. Yeah, I can see him giving it to Hayes. That the would tragedy with his brother, uh, playing hurt, coming back after the surgeries and everything, this, which Jesus This is Christ, the one that the that fan club votes on, right? Uh, Gina, the fan, the fan say, club votes on this? It doesn't says, say we on don't. Wikipedia. We definitely do not vote on the Gene Hart Memorial. Okay. So I think this may be the fan club I that does this one. this one... Kevin Hayes has this one wrapped up, but the o- the only reason yeah, I would say he he doesn't necessarily have it wrapped up. Sorry to interrupt, Bill. Is that like there are a lot of people who have decided they fucking hate Kevin Hayes now? Of course. So like there there is a contingent that hates him because they hate the fact that he got hurt and hasn't been fun to watch anymore. Would and, those people and the be in the fan club? I feel like I don't think so. I don't. Know. I think the fan club. Oh, wait a minute. I, I don't have a particularly high opinion of this fan base at the moment, so maybe. As a person who went to one single season ticket holder meeting, I can very much see the kind of people that would be in a fan club hating the shit out of Kevin Hayes. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. Because you know it's a particular type of person. Like we all love the Flyers. I don't think any of us has ever considered joining the fan club. I'm sure no. they're very nice no, people. No, but it was like, <laughs> I, I feel like I it's the, it was Twitter before Twitter. Like, we've met a bunch of them. They come to our events. Oh, fuck. Did I fuck up? I love you guys. Never mind. No, like, I, they, I mean, I think it's fair that there's a bunch of curmudgeons, no matter where you look in this Everywhere. fan base. But, like, I think it's a bunch of older fans that just didn't have Twitter that were I like, guess All that right, makes well, we sense. Oh fuck. We need, I, now I feel bad. No, I, I just realized that in 2013, Zach Ronaldo won this award. Yeah. Oh no. That we're, it's it's, it's absolutely going to be McEwen. It's McEwen. If it's Could those people, if I can see that, if it's a certain section of this fan base that I believe would make up the fan club. And perhaps I'm wrong about the, uh, the, the makeup of that group. But, uh, if it's that con- contingency, it's got to be McEwen. 
gonna be honest. Yeah. I fucking love Zach McKeon. I do too. I love him. I mean, sure. I know he's bad. Don't tell me. I know. I know he's bad. He fights people. It's it's fun. I mean, it's enjoyable. If 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 we're gonna go with like the actual definition of like heart, I mean, you could give it to Lawton. That would work. Oh yeah. Oh. People are mad yeah. at him now, too. I don't know if you've noticed that. I don't know. People are mad at everybody. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Well, every, everyone uh, just hates everyone now. It's just all yes. very exhausting. <laughs> I like remember, so exhausting. Remember, like, oh, a month or two ago? Time. I don't know. But Bill was just like, listen, I want these players to be as miserable as possible. I think that that's where we are right now. Well, I can I assure you they are. For very long. They are miserable. Yeah, they don't I look actually, like they're having. They don't look like they're yeah. having a ton of fun out there. So if if, if you want that catharsis, their punishment because really the Gene Hart Memorial Trophy should be going to the fans. Like, god damn it! If you are watching Game eighty two this season, you get a trophy. I don't know. I think I still. I feel like enough of these fans have proven themselves to be assholes to a point. No, the four of us right here. We get the Gene Hart Memorial. You know what the Flyers should do? We are do? the best. I don't think I should the get the best boys and girls. You, you remember? <laughs> is it, remember that South Park episode years ago where they made fun of the the guys from BP who uh, did like the "I'm sorry" commercials after they did oh, the big yeah. oil spill? Like yeah. that's what that's what Comcast should do. Have just an mm. "I'm sorry" commercial, like a straight, but though, like Dave. like a tragedy happened. Shit. They should absolutely do it like uh, like they killed somebody. Like, <laughs> Like it oh should be like God. a major tragedy, like setting up, and then it's like just highlights or lowlights of this season, like our bad. Just every and you Keith, know what you know every Keith Yandel turnover, just my our bad. Hold Oops. on, we're gonna have Steve put this together. It's gonna be black and white film oh, noir, no. and gritty is gonna be oh no the main character, and then it's just gonna be like sad, gritty. You know, like pans and then just words. Like I, I thought you were going to suggest anything. killing Gritty. So Gritty can't speak, but it's like he can squeak. We are sorry, sad Gritty on the couch and holding and up signs. How do you this make his face sad? I don't know if you can. Is not what sad. we wanted. Sad Gritty eating a bowl of cereal like this. This is yeah. Redo woo. redo the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning tweet. And the, when they in, when they in lost in terms four games. of no just of, just redo uh, the entire tweet that like, tweet that would be out. perfect flyer social media person if you are listening do this and people will laugh at you in a good way we'll do it <laughs> we'll do it but yeah no they should they should do a commercial and they should take out not just a page in the inquirer let's do a whole section like oh guys our bad we fucked up is there even still an inquirer yeah, yeah Kelly is. sent me one. Oh, I sent her the Claude Giroux. They have two Flyers writers. They are still a paper bill. <laughs> they, they have two Flyers writers? They do. You've you not been following this season at all? They, fought, they fired Sam, and they got two two new ones uh, that fair. are actually yeah. better. Yeah, you don't read. Yeah, no, they, uh, they, they, they laid off. Well, Sam took a buyout midway through the season, but even before he took the buyout, Olivia and Gianna were covering the team. So now Sam I is writing. I thought they just didn't oh, renew his contract. For? Now Sam is writing for Philly Hockey Now. Woo! All right. Fired up. Good job, Let's baby. Let's take a break because unless oh, right. we've got more things to talk about, because I want to talk about the conversation I had with Dan Morse, who is the site manager for Davy Jones Locker Room. All right, yeah, let's take a break and uh, we can do whatever the hell Steph's talking about on the other side. All right, everyone, we are back. I don't know why I waited so long to do that. I just kind of zoned out. Uh, we. You are know what back. I just realized? I edited last week's podcast. That was me. I never edited out the break, and I also did not put in commercials. Yeah, we're I, doing. I, I listened to the, the episode. You're right. God you did bless. not put in a commercial. I, I just did, was too I, lazy to I'm tell you. And I'm just realizing it right now. So, well, that was our my that bad, was our everyone. Fan appreciation I was episode. told where the break was and just didn't do anything about it. That was cool, our cool, fan cool, appreciation cool, cool, episode. Cool. I mean, you're just channeling the flyers. Like yeah, they were didn't... told something was wrong and then chose to completely ignore it. Well, nobody told me that it was wrong, in fairness. I, I was or they just told, told you to do something, and you just ignored it. Yeah, no yeah, one's ever going to complain about that. You know, like, flyers. Not one single person complained to me about it, so it's been, it's been quite a few days. Either no one's listening, or no one gave a shit that I was doing that. No, it's no like, fl- fl- flyers, do line changes right. 
Nah. No. <laughs> We're not going to. <laughs> nah. No, it's... <laughs> It was only like game seventy nine. Like they don't have line changes down quite yet. Uh, this this team's just absolutely insane. Before the whatever Steph was talking about, real quick, the Pelly Limburg Pelly Limburg Memorial Trophy. Most to improved. me, this is the hardest one. Most improved. Oh the, god, this is the hardest one. I mean, Carter Hart. It has to be Carter Hart. Hart for the bounce back. Yeah, but he didn't really be. improve. He just bounced back, sort of. Yeah, but I mean, if you're looking at last year and you're looking at this year, there's only one guy who's doing better, and it's Carter Hart. Yeah, man. Well, maybe Nobody Sandheim. else. If, you could give it if to Sandheim. Being charitable, maybe Sandheim. You could give it to Sandheim. I mean, Hart just seems like the obvious one to me. I think he's always been good, so it's hard to but, like really make that case. But Travis I, I Sandheim, wouldn't be opposed to it because he's actually been good this year. So Travis Sandheim won it in 2018-19. Oh, so maybe he can't uh-huh. win it again. So I don't know how you're like. He's not a number one defenseman superstar. So, like, what was he improving upon? Yeah, how about I don't, Lawton? I don't know who you give He's this won to. It before, right? Lawton won it twenty nineteen. Yeah, Lawton definitely won it. It's gone. Yeah. Uh, Couturier seventeen eighteen, Sandheim eighteen nineteen, Lawton nineteen twenty, Farabee twenty twenty one. I don't know who the hell you give this to. Like, I true, I legitimately have no idea who you give this. to. I mean, Can you every give it to one skater of the on the team has regressed. What? Are they can, better? Can you give it to, like, Cates or Brink or something? No, because there's nothing they improve from. They're, this is their first shot. Like, Ronnie Adderd from game four to game 12? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's actually not... I, I mean, mean like, do you give it to Limblom because he's possibly. looked at least better than last year? That was my only thought. Like, Limblom is the good. name missing from that list. Maybe they're like- just, like, going through a rotation. Like, he's missing from the list, and he has improved. So maybe? I There's no good options here. I got nothing. No. no. I mean, do you I give it to, heard. like, as, as insane as it sounds, do you give it to Morgan Frost because at least now he's sort of an NHL player? No, you can't. Uh, or, like, <laughs> Isaac Ratcliffe? You can't like, do congrats, that to the You made kid. the big club for a little <laughs> do bit. That to the poor you not can't put nice. Morgan Frost out there for the jokes. Like, you, you can't <laughs> yeah. do it to him. That's mean. He's worse. <laughs> well, he's better in that he's an NHL. Bill now. being the voice of compassion. Morgan Frost, since his second game in the NHL, has regressed. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Stop, stop. He's already dead. He had that yeah. fucking was it his first game? <laughs> he had that backhand against Bobrovsky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's just, never been as good as he game. was, was really on good. that play. Yeah, to this, be fair. this this award is insane because I don't think there's any good choice. I don't know. Heart for the bounce back is the only thing that makes sense. That's the only thing that makes sense. I think every this is skater like, has regressed. Even if we were to make jokes, I'm just thinking through. Like, we can't say it, like, about the joke. We can't say it about the, the fans. We can't say it about the coach. We can't say it about the front office. Is there any asset, any part of the entire Flyers community that could say we got better this year? No? No. 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 no Mental health? I would say Woo, this, down this, the crapper. This um, podcast fun, definitely at an all-time low. We never get worse, actually. We've improved? Yes. We never get well, worse. We only get better. We only get better, yes, but it's taken a toll. Just us, though. Nobody it else. Is, it has <laughs> taken a toll. Bill <laughs> lost all of his hair. If they, uh... Everybody be cutting their hair. If they would Zach give, McEwen! If they would give the MVP to the fans, would that be corny or appreciated? Yes. Corny Both. as fuck. Imagine looking back on, like you're doing now, looking back on the list of past winners. <laughs> Scott Lawton, Joel Farabee, the fans on the shit year that no one wants to remember. It's like, yeah, it's corny as fuck. Well, so the Pelly Lindbergh trophy is voted on by the players. So take that into account. Ooh, it's Carter Hart then. Hart has never won it. Maybe they just give it to him because they know how much he went through last year and they know that like he's yeah. clearly in a much better place from a game standpoint and from a mental standpoint. I mean, they like Carter, so they might give it to him. It's the only thing I can see making any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Fans yeah, as I MVP, like, I think is funny, but also like 5,000 people are going to games right now. So it's not I'm even cringing out the thought. You can't even give no, they can't do it. Like it has to be a player. But yeah, Hart as as the as most improved is the only thing that makes sense. Alright, what were you saying, Steph, about some conversation you had with Davy Jones? 
With Davy Jones. Yeah. So our Seattle Kraken site is called Davy Jones Locker Room. It is not named after their team dog, Davy Jones. Their team dog is named after our site, Davy Jones Locker Room. Just got to be clear about that. Um, Their coach, their head coach, is our near and dear friend, Dave Haxtell. David Gwendolyn Haxtell. David Gwendolyn, yep. Um, David Gwendolyn J. Haxtell. We can never forget the J. Um... So I was talking to Dan, Dan Morse, who's the site manager yesterday, and I kind of was just checking in, and I realized when I was about to ask him how the season was going, that Dave Haxtell is his coach, and the Kraken are in the same position as the Flyers, roughly. So we started talking about Dave Haxtell, and he's going to write an article about Haxtell's guys in in the coming months, and it really... I had to I had to crowdsource some of these answers because my brain is just completely blocked out how bad those Hackstall years were. So he asked for examples. Who were Hackstall's guys? Both like the the really bad players that he loved and the really good players that he hated. And I shot shot off a few Names that just came to the top of my mind right away. And then I asked in the Broad Street Hockey Slack room. And the names that came up, I completely forgot, like, played hockey for the Flyers. So I would love to hear the answers from you three. Who, what, When you hear the term Hackstall's guys, who do you think of? Chris Vandevelde. Yeah, Vandevelde's number one because he played yeah. the 81 consecutive games and then scratched him day 82, which was hilarious. To me, Haxtell's the number one is... crowning all, achievement. You're going to say To me, the number Charlie. one is it's Yuri Letera. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's Yuri Letera. Yuri Letera. And, and it's, and it's he was on my list. Almost entirely because he went out with Yuri Letera. Like, it was final <laughs> final game as head coach. He scratches Oscar Limlop for Yuri Letera. Like, he was going down with the ship and he was going down with his boys. Yeah, like... Chris Vandevelde, absolutely. Uh, Andrew McDonald, especially Andrew McDonald, stapled to a top defenseman on the first pair, absolutely. But the single instance of him on his last day on the job, scratching Limblom and playing Laterra, that is what I will remember about Dave Haxtell more than anything. That is his. No, that is that's his Sistine Chapel. It was perfect. It's, it's, it wasn't even just that move. It was the whole entire final game, like running Stolars into the ground. They scratching. changed the decision of the starter like twice. Yeah. Mm. Scratching Lindblom for whatever, whatever you just said. Like the, the whole final game situation was his Sistine Chapel. Like that entire performance was Dave Haxtall in a nutshell. And a whole ass organization looked at that and said, yes, this is. The well, one. all right. So listen, this is what I've decided. Oh. Who is their general manager? It's George McPhee, right? No, it's Ron Francis. Oh, fuck. George McPhee's still in Vegas. They've got the Vegas coach. No, they have Dave Hacks. No, they've. Oh, my God. What is wrong with me? Is Steph having another stroke? I Do might I need be to call the authorities. Stroke? I just drank a pint glass of iced coffee, so maybe... Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> um, I've kind of thought all along Seattle's plan was to not be good for a little bit and then have a ton of cap space and flexibility. And to Dave be fair, Haxtell, they seem to be doing that. Dave Haxtell being their coach really helps out. Yeah, that's, that's what I was getting around to. So Ron Francis, whoever their GM was, and, I, and when I was talking to Dan yesterday, I literally called him what's-his-face. Like, it's not a bad drafter. He knows what he's doing. So this draft and next draft are strong drafts from what we've been told and what we've been promised from, for dealing with this misery for as long as we've been dealing with it. So if they were looking... At these drafts and being like, all right, well, we need a bro that's not going to make it look like we're intentionally tanking, but is going to get us high draft picks and take us into the future. It's 3D chess. It's 3D chess. And I don't think that they're necessarily doing it, but like, 
maybe, maybe they're looking at what they fell into and it's like, all right, well, let's keep this guy around for next season. Does he get another Get year? another high draft pick. And, I mean, they're not going to fire Dave Haxall nah. after one year. I, I'd be sure. No, it'll be, it'll be at least two years. Like, it might be the end of next season. They're an, expa- they're they're an expansion teams. team. Like, I know that, you know, for whatever reason, stat models thought that the Kraken were going to be good, but, like, did you look at the fucking roster? Like, they weren't going to mm. be good. I do. I do, I haven't watched them enough to know like if Dave Haxall has coached them well or poorly or whatever. But like, gonna get poorly. I, I I don't know. I just I can't imagine I he's the kind of guy who's been poorly. Well, I, just, I can't imagine he's the kind of guy who moves the needle. He's not a coach that moves yeah. the needle of a team. And 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 Steph, I I say this with all the respect in the world. As little as I want to talk about the 2021-22 Philadelphia Flyers, I want to talk about Dave Haxall even less. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I. We, the only reason I brought it up is because you guys, somebody mentioned earlier in the show that this season is going to be a season of it was Chuck. trivia, like who played yes. on this team. And like that, I feel like was Hackstall's entire tenure because when people were bringing up um, his guys, like I, I completely blocked out Chris Vandeveldi. I completely blocked out Brandon Manning. Brandon forgot Manning. AMAC existed. Like my players were Philpola, um, Yori Latera, and um, Dale Weeks. Philpola was the def- a good one too. Remember when they sent Travis Sanheim back down to the minors in his they rookie do. year because they had yeah. to play Brandon Manning every night? Sure do. Remember when they were scratching Travis Connect? You remember when he scratched Michael Roffel? Is yeah, it, that was dumb. I mean, the connect like, the connecty scratches were more like remedial, whereas the Sandheim the Sandheim sending down was like you're not good enough when they had Brandon multiple Manning. defensemen on the team that were not NHL caliber. I, it, is it a shock that we're here? Like looking like really, I, I get like it was a different coach, different general manager, but you know, a lot of the pieces higher up in the organization are the same. And maybe we're the dumb ones for thinking, like, oh, yeah, this season they'd be good. Like, these people don't know what the fuck they're doing, and it's very clear. They I have no clue. I they let those people make choices for them. I, Bill, I don't think that it was... I don't think that it was irrational to believe, coming out of the 2019-2020 season, to believe that the Flyers are on the right path. I think, that was the, I think that was a justified opinion to hold with a significant amount of evidence that the Flyers were a young up and coming team that it came out of their retool with a lot of with a lot of talent maybe they didn't have super high end talent but they were extremely deep they had a coach who had seemingly had the team playing a style that would succeed in the NHL today and there was really no logical reason aside from just like like pessimism that lingers because you're from Philadelphia to think that this whole thing was going to fall apart. Now, obviously it did, but like you can't, you can't, there are people that are going to gloat and be like, I knew that this team was bad all along. Like there's such a thing as like having being right for the wrong reasons. Like if, if your reason for why you thought this Flyers thing was going to fall apart is because, well, they're the Flyers, they always do this, and they've been bad for 10 years, so, uh, like, fuck you. Like, you're, you're not actually using evidence, you're just using your own bullshit, like, biases of the Flyers should try to, you know, buy the biggest free agent every year and make the biggest trade because that's what the Flyers are, like— I will say that I've said this, I think, on the show before. I'll say it again. I don't think there was anything inherently wrong philosophically about the Ron Hextall plan. It just didn't work. Mm -hmm. And it sucks that it didn't work. But there's nothing wrong with building from within and trying to, you know, like, keep your prospects and develop them and whatnot. Like, that is a strategy that has worked for other teams. It is a strategy that can work. It It is a good strategy. It didn't work here, and that stinks. But that doesn't mean that the strategy itself was just inherently a dumb one. The it was problem, just poorly. It was it was just poorly executed, and it didn't work for reasons that, in some parts, were out of their control. The inherent problem with the strategy is it was only a half measure. He thought he could do it without high end talent, without top end draft picks, and without going out and spending big in free agency. Either of those, maybe or, he would have eventually. Or but, you just hope that at some point, like you get, you lucky, get lucky on a guy. That's mm-hmm. not. That's not a, getting lucky. Is not a plan. Though. They had the second overall pick, dude. 
Okay, but again, that's lucky. Like, getting lucky is not a plan. Well, that's my point. All you have to do is get lucky once or twice, and they got lucky zero times. Okay, but that's Didn't not a plan. Didn't we just say stop beating the Morgan horse? The, the Morgan horse. The Morgan <laughs> Frost horse. He's dead. Can we stop beating the Nolan Patrick no, but horse? It's he's the, dead. The issue it's the pivot with point the Hextall plan wasn't, wasn't that it was wrong. It's that if you don't bottom out or if you, you don't make some sort of commitment to get high-end talent, you'll never be as good as the elite teams. It's Look at all the best teams. What do they have? Superstars. The Flyers don't. That's why they're bad. I guess, decided, my, I guess my point... Sorry, Kelly. Go, oh, Steph, go ahead. I, I've just decided all over again to be furious that they traded Claude Giroux. Like, I know all of the reasons that they did it, but I also know all of the reasons why they should have brought him back or not done it in the first place, and I've just decided to be furious. Ooh, that man is thriving. I guess my... I know p- he is, and I know... I know that he is living his best life and his wife is happy and his kids are happy and they're all just chilling at the beach, but I'm furious and I just wanted to get that out there. I guess my point is, and here's my thing, is that like so much of of a rebuild, of a restructure or whatever, a lot of it is you put yourself in position to, you know, to, to have good outcomes and then you there there is an element of luck. Mm-hmm. And the exa- the example I will give here is Look at the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, granted, they've done things the Flyers haven't, namely hiring Eric Tolsky and giving him actual power, which the mm-hmm. Flyers could have done because Eric Tolsky would have got hired by the Philadelphia Flyers. He wanted to get hired by the Philadelphia Flyers, and sure the Flyers did. just fucking ignored him. He was in their market, and they ignored him. So there are ways for a team to do smart things that the Flyers just refused to do for years. That said, the Carolina Hurricanes are now one of the best teams in hockey. Who are their two star players? Their two star players are probably Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Sveshnikov. Andrei Sveshnikov was a second overall pick. The Flyers got one of those. Sebastian Ajo was a second round pick who honestly developed a lot better than anybody thought he was going to. The Flyers, if they would have gotten just a bit lucky, they could have followed that same exact path. And you know what? Or developed the, the, better. The other way they got a superstar, who they ended up losing via free agency anyway, was Dougie Hamilton. They got him because they took Noah Hannafin with the fifth overall pick. That's basically Ivan Provorov. They like, made an aggressive— the, I mean, Hannafin. The, 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 the Hurricanes, like, you, if you squint, you could see how the Flyers right now could be the Hurricanes. Now, they're not, but a lot of that—and granted, as I said, some of that is you have to make better decisions with your GMs. You have to make better decisions with your coaches— that's the stuff you can't control. But there's other stuff that, quite frankly, especially with regards to the draft, that is a lot of fucking variance. And Carolina got the positive variance. The Flyers got the negative variance. And it sucks, but it's just the reality of the situation. But as you said, you put yourself in position for the best possible outcome. They refused to do that. Yeah. No, you're like, right. They didn't do those things. They could have, uh, uh- and they kind of went halfway. They drafted ninth instead of second. Like, it's definitely luck, fair. but like having Eric Tulski making your pick increases the chance that you're going to get lucky, whereas having Ron Hextall make your pick, not as good of a chance that you're going to get lucky. I mean, fair, but I'm just saying that there is an element of like people underrate the the impact of variance on the failure of this whole rebuild. And I'd like to point out that like if... If everyone knew Sebastian Ajo was going to be a superstar, he would have been taken in the second round. And the Flyers, part of Hextall's theory, I think, was that if we give ourselves a ton of draft picks and a ton of chances, we're going we're gonna to stumble into a guy who dramatically overachieves at least once. And they and really he- never did. And, and here's the th- And you can blame that on you can blame that on the scouting department, but here's the the God's honest truth. Drafting is a fucking crapshoot. For and pretty much everyone except for Steve Eiserman, like it's a fucking crapshoot. But also, like, there's no—the idea that bottoming out is a guarantee— It's not. —that you're going to be able to rebuild into the Colorado Avalanche is also highly dependent on luck. A lot of teams have bottomed out, and they're not the Colorado Avalanche. And we've acknowledged a thousand times at this point that the entire front office is full of idiots. So if this team I bottoms mean- out next year— and, and ends up with, you know, a whole bunch of really great picks. Do I trust them to make the good decision? Like, if they get number one, sure, that's an easy one. But, like, after that, I don't know what they're going to do. And then once they get these players, what are they going to do with them? Fuck them up, probably, because that seems to be what they do with all of them. So it's like, none of it matters until, 
as Charlie said, you start from the big decisions of the people that are running your hockey team being the ones that you can trust to build it up into something good. And we don't have that. And that was my point to begin with. Why did we ever trust these morons? They empowered people like Paul Holmgren and Ron Hextall and Dave Hextall. And trusting them was our fault. That was stupid. You're not wrong. (laughs) I, like, as we've been talking, I've thought of a couple different ideas. Like, we should want ownership to be less involved in hockey teams, right? Like, all of our experience has shown. Yeah. We should want them less involved. Less involved. It depends. If they're not involved, then the team is bad. I want them involved. And if they are involved <laughs> exactly. and the team is bad, I want them out. In the uh-huh, end, people uh-huh, just uh-huh. want the team to be good. Yeah. And whatever, so whatever, honesty, whatever the team is doing when they're bad, they should be doing the opposite of that. Yeah. That's, that's generally yeah. speaking the quality of analysis we get in 99.9% of sports talk. Right. But also... You know, we've seen we've seen things work out for Carolina. We've seen things work out for Colorado. We've seen things work out for Toronto. But let us all remember the other side, or rather the back side of the sun. <laughs> the moon, the darkness to the bright, is Ottawa, is Buffalo, is... I mean, Ottawa's light years ahead of the Flyers at this point. Well, all right. Well, Philadelphia. I mean, look at Buffalo. They got... The second overall Buffalo's pick. better than the Flyers at this point. Well. And if their owner I mean, wasn't by a record, cheap. They are. If their by owner record. wasn't a cheap dickhead, they'd have a star. Like, I. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit more. I'm just that, saying, like, go, there go is, off, there's the sun and there's the moon and they're the same. <laughs> I mean, the Pagoulas are bad owners. Like, they're cheap. Yeah, well, yeah but bad, bad, bad. this is, this is again, this is when I feel like I'm on Twitter where it's like, you say something that's 60% right and I feel obligated to, to correct the 40% because it's not totally right. But like, the gist of what you're saying is right. So I guess I should just let it go. Like, yes, the Pagoulas suck, but like, Jack Eichel didn't get traded because they're cheap. Jack Eichel got traded no, because Jack Eichel got traded fucking because they wanted to control, because they wanted to control him. <laughs> they, right, they wanted, because, because, <laughs> ownership and management are too involved. Like there's, you gotta let, you gotta let the players do what they want. You gotta let the players be healthy. All I'm saying is the Philadelphia Flyers are Buffalo. Thank you. Sure. Whatever. They're Buffalo. Things are All right. God Charlie has decided Charles. I'm definitely wrong. I no, I just no, I'm not, not. I'm not even like shitting on you. I'm just saying like things are god awful. So sure, let's compare them to Buffalo. Like, so sure, they, they, sure. they deserve it. Why not? What other god awful teams are there? Like Vancouver was for a while, but then I mean, they the got all of the, truly committed. the thing is. I was gonna say all of the teams that are at the bottom of the league right now. I feel like are way more poised to get better than the Flyers are. Chicago isn't, but Chicago's feeling the fallout of what happens when you're all in for a decade. I don't think, Kelly, I actually think that that statement is, it's it's a little bit colored by the general mood of the fan base because I do. I'm very rational. Like, like if if you're saying if you're saying how like how close are the Flyers to becoming a cup contender? Sure. But, like, there's a path for this team to be decent next year. No, it's not, I know it's, it's, that. It's, it's not a terribly, like, hard path to imagine, to be totally honest But here's the thing. Like, could, I could see— I can't envision a path where, like, the Canadians are good next year. Or, like, I can, the Senators are. No, but, like, I can see Detroit winning a Stanley Cup before the Flyers. Sure. At this if point. that's the only way you're judging it, then sure. But well, like, that's what I need, Charles. Before I'm dead, I need a Stanley Cup. Kelly, so you're that not is that old. The ultimate. I know, but I'm just saying it's been a long time <laughs> since they've done it. So it's I can not be like dead. you're in your seventies. The world Kelly. is ending, though. So let's. I'm my just, favorite thing. This is an aside. My favorite thing. Every is day, how the Kelly world pronounces ending, like, Stanley Cup. Steph, let's be honest. Wait, did it, I say Stanley be... Cup weird? You just no. You don't say it weird. You just pr- you enunciate. You you put the accent on Stanley as opposed to Cup, and I do it the other way. I don't know. But, I'm, I'm never going to yeah, stop you, thinking you about this. Yeah, you do Stanley Cup, and I go Stanley Cup. Fuck. But Steph, going back to your original point about the world ending, let's be honest. <laughs> with, let's be honest with ourselves here. Like the world ending is too kind of a fate for all of us at this point. Like we we, we would never be that fortunate. Like yeah. there would be there will be an apocalypse, 
75% of the world's population would die, and the Flyers will still be one of the five worst teams in hockey. I'm literally They will still exist, and they will still be awful. I'm buying Charlie, like, a $500 Arby's gift card as an end-of-season present. Because <laughs> <laughs> he is just in it. And the, the catch is, he has to spend it all at once. <laughs> Everything has a to have a BSH party there, on right? Chuck! They're real good. Get a, real get a good. black and white shake, too. Those They're curly excellent. fries are fucking great. All right, we got I'm, anything I'm else? I'm watching my, because I'm sick. I why go. would I not be watching hockey highlights while doing a hockey show? But um, I, I passively mentioned Arizona being in a worse shape than the Flyers. But um, Boko Imama, who was a recent draft pick for the Coyotes, scored That's his first a- NHL goal last night while his parents were in attendance. And it is incredibly yeah. wholesome. Okay, I have two things I want to talk about real quick before we end the show. First is the direct response to that. And this is something that about Arizona. And this is a probably something that is impossible to truly, um, you know, to truly measure because obviously teams will only give paid attendance, not actual attendance. But if you had to guess, if you had to guess, how many times next season, like if you match up like game one versus game one, game two versus game two of the two respective teams, how many times next season will there be more fans in the stands for an Arizona Coyotes home game than a Philadelphia Flyers oh, home fuck. game? Fuck, honestly, <laughs> zero. Honestly, I I could see there be if the Flyers start off next. Will there season, be games where the Flyers have fewer bad, than five thousand yes. fans in the as stands? As bad as they are no. right now, I don't now. think if they, so. If they if the first month of the season looks like this season did. I could see no one going to a fucking hockey game because no one goes now. They'll pull a Sixers, an early just giveaway tickets, two thousand Sixers, and they'll just give away tickets. They wouldn't. They wouldn't let that happen. Comcast, Comcast is many things, but willing to be embarrassed in public. Not they do one the of understanding. They would well, they're doing a real good job of waiting that. Yeah. Well, also, it's more- Arizona's arena is only going to hold like thirty five hundred when it's set up for the NHL. It's amazing. I'm so excited good. to go see a game there, but you're never going to get a ticket, dude. Have you met me? Of course I will. Oh, fair enough. I I'm guess you could just be a press I'm kidding. Box. I'm kidding. Okay. And but second... it doesn't need to be a Flyers game. Like, I'm, I'm going to yeah, go. Fair. Second um, thing I wanted to talk about, um, because let's end this, this podcast on, like, something of a high note. Oh, God, yes, please. Noah Cates is pretty good, right? Oh, my God, yes! I love him. He's so good. He's so funny. like not like superstar good by any no, means, but like he's good. a good player. It's kind of neat. He's nice exactly sixer. He's exactly who I want on the fourth line. Yeah, that would be. Nice, I I've been really high on Noah Cates for years, and it's just it's so good. It feels so nice to have that validation that maybe I do remember what hockey players are supposed to look like. And the just because. Has been the most fun thing that has happened this season. Do we know who names the kids' line? Is that is that Charles J. It O'Connor? Me. Who 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 the fuck is Charlie O'Connor? They were saying it is. on the broadcast last night. That was kind of cool. I know. Chuck, I'm, just I'm shouting you out, Charlie. Thanks, our Dad. very own Charlie O'Connor named the kids' line. I don't know how you came up with it. I know, so <laughs> original, right? <laughs> Oh man! And just um, because but no, I, I, re- I really like Case. I, I don't. I actually think Bill. I think you're you're underrating him. I don't think he's a fourth liner. I think he's at least a third liner. All right. If okay. that if the kids line was our third line next season, I would be pretty jazzed. I'm gonna be honest with you. I um, I like that line a lot. I'm just not getting overly excited about Flyers prospects, and also these games don't matter. They're exhibitions. They're not NHL hockey. So I don't know. Hopefully he's fucking awesome. Maybe he's a first liner. I don't know. Uh, I just don't think what we're watching right now is NHL hockey. So saying, oh, yeah, he's going to be this in the NHL. I don't know, because that's not what he's doing right now. I, yeah. something I mean, they're built. still playing against teams. Like yeah, the other Pittsburgh, teams the Pittsburgh Penguins are treating this like it's NHL hockey, and he looked pretty damn good against them. Sure. I'm using a lot of air quotes. Sure. I mean, playing hockey. I mean, teams. Like, the Montreal Canadiens certainly were not treating that like NHL. The Penguins, the Penguins come in against a team with 23 wins ago, and we don't really care today. Well, they lost, so tough yeah, shit. That's, you know, that's they don't give a so shit. did I Take see game. that every team in the East that has made the playoffs has over 100 points? That is true, yes. Yep. And the Flyers are sitting at 62? 60, 61. 
61. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. They can get their goal differential to 100, though. Let's go, boys. Ooh. They can't. It's like Let's... negative 80. No, they have to I lose think. like 9 0 both times yeah. or something it's, like that. It would be well, impossible. I mean, All don't right. put anything Keith... past this team, but it would be we very hard. We can get Keith to 50, though. We can get Yandel to minus 50. Play him 20 minutes. Make sure you Why lose not? his last two. Get the top five pick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know Hackstall's teams are going to win a stupid game and move up in the standings because that's what they do. That's what he does. All right. You are know what would be really I'm fun? I'm go home. Yeah, let when go. is let the go, last go. game? I can't breathe. It's Friday, Friday night. In we Philly. Do like against a... Ottawa. I'm so Oh, God. We could do like a, a bingo a build your own bingo and, and we just kind of like put in fields like what is the most ridiculous bullshit that could happen in game 82 between the flyers and the ottawa senators the well i think winning. that's something great for steph to work on uh, over these next no, couple no, no, of days bill's like end the show bill's like kelly at the end of the, the blackhawks game last night yeah. like just end just bill is just trying to get the fuck out of here Can all right i'm done talk? i'm done talking i'm it that's it <laughs> And that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button just because the season's ending. This is our regular season finale. But that actually doesn't mean shit. We go through the whole summer. We do the whole thing. We're not going anywhere. Uh, so even though the Flyers are going away, we won't. And that's probably good for everybody. Uh, good for our mental health, physical health, whatever. Uh, so hit that subscribe button. Maybe yep. give us a five-star review. Say some nice words. Uh, yeah. All right. That's it. I'm done. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. My name is Bill Matz for Charlie, for Kelly, for Steph. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah.